How do you turn impact-driven ideas into actions? How can you empower society through positive and innovative discourse? Join Magic's eNation 2021 Future Fast Better Tomorrow. Engage with local and international innovators and experts, including Nobel Peace Prize winner Professor Muhammad Yunus and Beth Davies, former Director of Learning and Development from Tesla. Magic's eNation 2021 Future Fast happening March 31st. Register now at enation.mymagic.my. eNation. Speak for change. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Frida Liu. Now, the past year has taught us one thing is that if we have to do something, we can and we will. A year ago, many people didn't even know what Zoom was. Today, almost everyone is living their life on digital platforms like Zoom, Google Meets, Microsoft Teams, and many others. From working and studying to socializing, exercising, and worshiping, we've all taken to doing it virtually as easily as ducks to water. Historian Yuval Noah Harari was right when he pointed out that pandemics pressed the fast forward button in history. COVID 19 certainly has forced many businesses to pivot from analog modes to digital modes of operating. The most common factor amongst all sectors of business is the fact that we're all using digital platforms for communications. There are, of course, pros and cons in this form of communication, which looks like it's here to stay, even if the world were to someday get back to being safe enough for us to meet and travel across borders for business. With virtual communication becoming de rigueur for all and sundry, we really should begin to look at crafting a guideline of do's and don'ts associated with it's something like an etiquette handbook for virtual communication, as well as some tips and tools for making online engagement more engaging. Uh, here to share her thoughts with me on the subject is Human Equation founder Sheila Singham, who usually joins us on Race Your Game the last Monday of the month. Right. So, so what made you think of an etiquette guide for virtual communication? Ah, you know, just like there's a business etiquette guide, how do you behave in an office, how mm. do you behave at a meeting, what you kind of wear, you have social etiquette, you have business etiquette. I think now we need one for virtual communication. Lah. Right. I mean, it's been almost been a year since we got onto virtual communication platforms, right? Mm. And I personally have seen that there's so much to be desired, lah, Frida. Mm. Okay. So one of my pet peeves here is when people get onto a platform with a webcam, mm. like a visual platform, they turn uh, off the webcam. Right. So then why get onto the virtual platform? Just have a phone call. La. Right. You know what I mean? And mm, mm. I mean, it's okay if they have a problem with the webcam, but to purposely turn it off like one black window there, I find it rather rude in, mm. in terms of like, so what I've done for my trainings, for example, mm. Um, I tell I tell the, the, the companies where I'm going to train with, I have one prerequisite that all your people have to attend and have their webcams on. Right. If not, I will move them into the, the waiting room mm. and they can't participate. So just as bad as those who have the webcams on are uh, switched on, but they are not switched on. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so they, it's so obvious they are on camera, but they're doing something else. They, they're muted, but you, know, you can see the lips moving and their mm. faces all very animated while you are talking or doing a presentation. And uh, eyes are looking elsewhere. You want to join a meeting, be there. Sometimes this goes back to, you know, when we had face-to-face meetings, a lot of people in a room and all right. that. You wouldn't do that, but right. there are lots of people who will be looking at their phones and mm. their tablets and all that, and they were allowed to get away with it. Mm. 
Mm. You know, sometimes they bring their computers, their laptops into the room, meeting going on, and they'll be still typing there, which I thought was very rude. Then don't come. You know, just say you got something more important, then don't come. So that etiquette, that one, has flowed over here, lah. Okay. Right. Then again, you have the other people who are on a virtual platform. They tell them a hundred times, mute their mics, please mute the mics, but they leave it on, even though there's a lot of noise. Because there's some people still working from the office, so there's some clacking and activity and talking and phone calls going on. So they leave it on, even though you tell them to mute it, and then um, you know it's very distracting. Mm. And things like coming in late, like you know the Malaysian mentality, like everything is late, you know. So they they carry it on even into virtual. Oh, let people all sign on first, then I'm like the diva will come in a bit late. Mm. If you come in late, you have an excuse. You say I'm so sorry, you know. Fine. Hmm. But you know, sometimes they say, uh, "Come in late." Then they interrupt. Ah, sorry, ah, sorry, ah. Uh, hmm. What was that all about again? Ah, can repeat, ah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right, <laughs> I find right. that really annoying. I think we need to come up with some sort of rules, lah. You know, right. I have had meetings with clients, and I'm having, I'm talking to four black windows. <laughs> they all have their cameras off. Okay, so this is not even a training session with two hundred people. This is a meeting. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now yes. I, I want to ask as well, right? Then why is it so important? Is it to to see and be seen during a virtual meeting? Okay. What is the meaning of the word meeting? Meeting mm. is two people coming into you know face to face with each other to have a discussion about something. Mm. Because needs must. We have had a pandemic. We cannot sit face to face anymore because mm. of chances of infecting each other. We have pivoted to the virtual platform, and mm. you know so. So we're fortunate we have that, but you see, communication takes place at both verbal and non-verbal levels. When you're face to face with someone, it's rather easier to build rapport because you know rapport is built at three levels. Okay, you use your physiology, your which includes your facial expression, gestures, posture, and all that. Lah, mm. they call it body language, right? Mm. And then you have the voice, the voice tone, the speed, the quality of the voice, volume, and all that. And then you have the words that you use in face-to-face communication. Mm. About more than fifty percent of your communication is at that subliminal level, that right. you know, unspoken level, mm. and the rest is it depends on your voice and your tone, uh, words, and all that. Yeah. Mm. So remember, sometimes like you know, if you meet someone for the first time and you're trying to propose something to them, it's a bit easier than if you were to do a cold call and call them on the phone and say, "Hey, I'm from so and so, and you know, I want to propose something to people. Like, who are you?" There's, it takes a bit longer to build that rapport. Mm. So in 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 sort of like in my communications training, I always tell people, if you have a chance to meet face to face, it's always better because you have the added advantage of yes. being able to use your physiology to build rapport. Right. You match and mirror someone's physiology, focal style, and words to build rapport. If you can see people, even if it's on a virtual platform, at least you can see who is in rapport with you. Hmm. Like say I've got ten people in a meeting and I'm like eight people are listening, paying attention, nodding their head, and got another two people. And I can see that they are like a bit distracted, look a bit blur. I might just stop and say like, let's say you, you know, it's you, Frida. I would say, um, Frida, uh, is uh, do you have any questions or um, have I made myself clear or something? Then that would be your cue to like, mm, actually, Sheila, most of it, but you know, um, that's this part that I don't quite. So you have that opportunity to clarify. But if hmm. you're looking at a black window, I don't know if the person's even there listening hmm. you know and that person could be a cru- a critical person in making a decision right? right especially when you're doing a presentation right. so when you can 
So that's it. You can see if someone is in rapport with you or not. And then you can take the steps to build rapport, like maybe address them or open the floor for questions or make a joke to, you know, just diffuse the situation and so on. So when that happens and you know that people are listening and people are engaged with what you're saying, it makes you more motivated. So it gives you like more semangat, you know, to go on and be more positive. And again, perception is projection. So if you feel that people are on board with you, you feel more motivated and that's what you're projecting more confidence and all that to them. Right. So we do, we do just find on voice calls, right? What's the difference between that and being on a virtual platform with videos off? Let's just stick it to making it a voice call. Okay, I'll give you an analogy, Frida. Go watch TV and switch off the... <laughs> the screen and just listen to what's going on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, or, right, right. Or go to a cinema and put blinkers and just listen to the dialogue. So okay. if I'm on a voice call with someone I know well, we tend to kind of already be in rapport and I don't have to work so hard to yes, build it. Yes, yes. But if you get on a voice call with someone you don't know, like usually in business now, if you're doing cold calling or you're touching base with someone to tell them about what you're doing and so on, it takes more time to build rapport. Only people in call center training are very good at this. I used to work as a trainer in a call center company. So they are trained. We, we train people and we are trained to, you know, the minute people call you, you know what to do with your voice, how to pace their language and so on. But there are many people who are not trained, lah. Okay, and the minute they call you, you either want to hang up or you want to smack them. Uh, have you had this experience? Right. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 So being on a video call actually gives you more opportunity to build rapport and trust. I mean, if you and I wanted to like have a chill out session just to catch up. Today, we have the advantage of a WhatsApp video call. I'm sure you would prefer that. La. I mean, right. of course, I yes. should give you warning first. That's another point of a ticket. La. I wouldn't right. just call you a video call because I, I don't know where you are. You might be in the bathroom and that wouldn't be nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, Yeah, like for example, know, uh, you know, someone, but you, you can also say, hey, just WhatsApp me first and then and then I'll, yeah. I'll let you know kind of thing, right? Yeah, so if someone gets on a video call with me or a Zoom platform with me and their camera is off, I already have a poor impression of their manners. I mean, that's me. And likewise, they would have a poor impression of me. I, to date, have never turned off my camera during a virtual engagement, except if I'm taking a break or I would just say in a chat group, like, sorry, you got to go to the loo and then I'll just go and come back because, you know, it's Mm. very good. All right. Sheila, so if you were to become the Miss Manners of virtual engagement and come up with an etiquette guide, what would you put in? First thing is, I would say if you're invited to a meeting on a virtual platform where there's a video cam, please have it on so people can see you. I know a lot of people tell me, ah, sorry, ah, I don't have my video cam on because ah, I'm not dressed up. I don't have makeup. Lah. I'm wearing my home clothes. I right. pakai tudung. That's really not an excuse. It's a working day. Why are you in your pyjamas at 11 in the morning? I know you're at home, lah, but you know, sometimes you need to get into a particular state by going into work mode. For me, going in work mode is getting dressed up, especially if I have a call with clients. Lah. I wouldn't go and talk to a client seriously, even though they know, don't know whether I showered or not. I would never, for example, get into a video call with you, Frida, without showering and combing my hair properly and all that. Because it, it just impacts the internal state. So it helps me to get mentally prepared. And it doesn't take much effort to dress decently. Nobody is expecting you to wear a blazer and suit and all that. A skin mm-hmm. t-shirt. Sometimes at home in a sleeveless t-shirt, you know, or like a spaghetti strap top and I'm talking to conservative clients, I'll just throw on a shawl or a jacket right. or something like that. Right. Right. To dress it up. 
Of course, there are others who say their background is messy, not nice and so on. Then use a virtual background. Mm. You know, all the platforms have got virtual background functions. You know, some have got Zen ones, forest scenes and so on. Or you can download your own picture and turn it into a backdrop. But if you want to use a natural backdrop, then make sure like your back is to a wall. You really don't want to do a training in your bedroom where, you know, you're facing the rest, the back is to the rest of the room and then people walk out of the bathroom in their towel or we're still not, not dressed. I mean, I, I've... We've seen so many memes on, right. on social media, right, <laughs> about people who are doing that, who, who are wearing, like, just their underpants and a T-shirt, and then the call ends and they forget that the camera is still on and they uh. get up and walk in the whole world. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and I just saw one on Facebook about the child was on a video, um, mm. at a school a school training session, mm-hmm. and then the mother is walking out. Mother is totally instructed, y- yes. right? <laughs> She's standing in front of the mirror, putting on lipstick stalkers in the high heels and everyone can see. So be mindful, you know, if right. you are doing... I, I always advocate the best thing to do is turn a corner of your house right. into your home office. Into an office space, and yeah. Then, ah, turn it, make it look a bit nice. Lah. Mm. Put virtual or put some pictures or a green screen or something like that. Right. Mm. I will continue our, our conversation about, you know, getting better at virtual uh, communication and with all the video calls that we've been doing uh, right after this. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Brand Friendly Marketeers, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Frida Liu, speaking to Human Equation founder Sheila Singham, who joins us the last Monday of the month. Uh, we're talking about uh, virtual communication and maybe we should start getting an etiquette guide happening. So, you know, there's so many people who don't know how to navigate the online platforms and use the tools available to engage more effectively. So how can they keep their audience's attention during a virtual presentation or meeting? Anyway, I, was, I just wanted to talk about one particular one that just came out recently where the, the guy couldn't change to his face so his back so it's like I think it was a, a, a TV show so he had a picture of his cat and he says I really can't change this he says it's me I am on <laughs> yeah so how how do you give your audience's attention besides the cat <laughs> okay I, I, I'm, I'm still like puzzled mm. it's been one year that we have had a cha- uh, plenty of opportunities to go and learn I mean, if at this stage you have been doing presentations and all that and you're still fumbling with stuff, then that means there's no rehearsal, there's there's, there's no um, heart to go and learn. You know, if you haven't learned, go and learn. But virtual engagement is not going to go away. I believe it's here to stay. So when MCO first started, we all had to get into virtual platforms. I was not familiar with them. I mean, I'm a bit old school. No? I'm right. the element in my classroom doing face-to-face training with the energy and the stories and jumping around and all that. To sit down in front of a computer and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But I learned. Right. I, I signed up for classes. Right. I learned how to do webinars. I let young people teach me all the tools and so on. Mm. You know, I learned all the little rules of etiquette. You know, switch off your mic. Um, then don't don't interrupt. Like in the meetings, and just break in and all that. But on a virtual platform, it's like a bit harder. Like breaks rapport, right? 
And also, we I've learned that you know you need to be very organized when you are doing something virtually because people's attention span is not so long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right now, it's it's very interesting. I've I had someone yesterday. I was on the phone with them and I was talking about. Uh, you you want me to do a training? Yeah. And she said, are you uh, adapted to doing virtual training? I said, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. I'm mm. certified to do it mm. because I feel I'm very strong about this. You don't wait until you are up against the wall and then go and figure something out. You need to look at the science. Digitization is here to stay in every aspect of business. Right. Yeah. And the first area that we all need to jump on in terms of digitization is how to communicate. Mm. So. We need to figure out how to learn. Now, YouTube is full of videos that will teach you all the different um, apps mm. and you know tools and all the different platforms. And if you're not the type to go and learn YouTube, sign up for a course. They're right. not very expensive now. And, and so, you can. right, you can learn something and learn a new skill, right? I mean, just another what, what, feather, what? A feather to your cap, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, digitalization of communication is here to stay. Your thoughts on the pros and cons of virtual engagement? Mm, okay, let's talk about the cons first. Mm. Personally, I am very much like for me, I'm the very much face to face, meet up with people, and so on. Frida, wouldn't you rather meet up and have dinner and yes. meet than to do a Zoom party? Mm. With me? Virtual engagements, I feel they don't really allow us to be connected. As, as deep a level as face-to-face. Mm. There's less camaraderie in the workplace now virtually. There's no interaction, personal interaction, like you know, having coffee breaks and lunches together. Right. So what's happening is people are getting more isolated now. Yeah. And you know, there's, there are people, there are two types. They're internally and externally motivated people. Internally motivated people just carry on with what they're doing and they right. just know internally that they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Externally motivated people need more of that interaction, that feedback and so on. Mm. So virtually, it's not so forthcoming as someone just stepping up to your table, patting you in the shoulder, uh, shoulder and saying, hey, that was a great meeting or great presentation or whatever. Mm. So even I feel that even if it becomes a norm at, at some point, this whole virtual communication uh, mode, at some point when it is safe, we do need to uh, ensure that people do get together for face-to-face meetings mm. every once in a while to right. keep that human connection, connection. going, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So another thing about virtual engagements, and I speak from experience, that they take up more energy because we have to work harder to keep people's attention. So, mm. I mean, I've seen this happening. When I go in to a, a classroom, a training room to do a one-day training or two-day training, I come back at the end of the day, I'm so energized because I give people the energy and they give me back their energy. Mm. But on a virtual platform, after half a day of training, I come back, I'm like knackered. Mm. Okay, because you really need to be working to see who is on board and keeping them engaged and so on. Mm. And then, of course, when discussions are so much easier face-to-face because uh, you can just jot on a flip chart, you can go to a whiteboard, you know. Here, sometimes the other day, I, I had a, a session and I was trying to teach everyone to annotate onto the Zoom whiteboard and then everyone was like doing curves and like chaka chaka I am and, and they mm. just couldn't figure it out. So mm-hmm. I had to abort and go back to uh, another you know, way, another tool. Right. So again, there's, there's that thing about things dropping. So sometimes the internet is unstable. And we're talking about 5G, uh, 3G, so 4G, so don't know whether we've got it right mm. now. So, 
<laughs> you know, so it's all the stopping, dropping, so there's interruptions and so on. Right. And of course, uh, it's not easy to be so spontaneous. So those, those are the cons. Right. Having said that, Frida, mm-hmm. we all need to adapt and work with what we have. And I'm never a person who will sit and whine and, oh, I don't like, I don't like. There, there are people who, like in the training fraternity as well, who have not really got on board with virtual training. It's like, no, I don't want to wait for everything to go back to business. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So unless you unless you've got enough of a you know you're you're okay for a buffer for next two three years that then then fine right. Ah, or yeah. you and your uh, if they allow la wear your hazmat suit and then go into training. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. So in terms of the pros, I have found that there are certain pros. Right. Mm. Not everything is bad. You see, on 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 um, on the virtual platform, it's very hard to have long winded meetings. Because people cannot the the tolerance level and the appetite for long long meetings, so you really need to have your act, get your act together, go in there, have your plan, uh, your agenda very clear, deliver it and go off. So you need to prioritize what needs to be discussed. You need to be organized. Hmm. And of course, time and cost is saved. I mean, like now, I'm so happy I don't have to travel to Saramba and Ipoh and all. Sometimes people just ask me to come to Malacca for a meeting. I have they haven't even confirmed anything. Right. You know, so. Now he will do for me to do it virtually. It is more efficient, mm. and we learn to listen better and to be more respectful and attentive. I sat in on sessions where, my God, it's so boring. Like I wanted to fall down and sleep, but mm. then because I had joined in, I feel that um, you know it's very rude to exit just because the person didn't meet up to my expectations. And that way, I'm a bit polite. But there are people who have no qualms about that. So that, again, might become a con life. In a way, it's a pro because you really need to learn to be so dynamic and engaging online that people will want to stay to the end. And in terms of business, doing business, I think this is a great tool because, you know, like for me, a trainer, before, if I'm doing face-to-face training, I'll have to travel to wherever, like, Shanghai or Singapore or whatever, but now I can have all those people on my in my right. on board with me. So it's it made collaboration, cross border marketing and collaboration and you know, that's so much right. easier. Yeah, I mean, because of this, I think like the, the, the people that I'm able to engage with this has gone, you know, uh, on a more global scale, right? Now, mm-hmm. you know, once the pandemic has passed and we can meet again, right? Which would you opt for, face-to-face or virtual communication? If you had asked me this one year ago, I would have been saying, Nola, I want to go back to face-to-face. I don't mm. like this virtual thing. But I think it's kind of grown on me, you know. Okay. It's, it's like I would opt for both. I would opt right. for a blended approach. Yeah. Mm, I would definitely be good to have online meetings so I don't have to run around all over the place. And, mm. you know, sometimes like if you have to go to Stramban and have a meeting, the whole day gone where I could be doing a lot of other more productive things, mm. right? I'm also good to do training and advisory services virtually. Mm. But if it's a long-term program, it would be good to once in a while touch base and have interaction with the participants. Right. Um, so I think maybe for training advisory, might be able to do it virtually. For coaching, facilitation, I've had clients tell me, Nola, I don't want to do online coaching. I want to see you and you know talk to you. It's like as if they get more comfort that way. Right. So I would take the best of both approaches, Frida, and marry them for the best results. 
Right. Okay. So interesting there. Miss Manners with some tips on what you can do with uh, virtual communication. I've been speaking to Sheila Singham from Human Equation. You've been listening to Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.